long, hard Saturday night that topped off a long, rugged... Yeah. When I finally got the bed dog-tired at 5 a.m. Sunday morning, I was planning to stay there. Until I'd caught up on all the sleep I'd lost and gained a running head start on the coming... Year. And by three in the afternoon on... New Year's Day. I figured that job was only about half done. Whoever it was that started riding my doorbell had a different idea. I held out until the buzzer stopped, but it was only... Sean Windsor. So I gave up. You ass interrogatory... Right 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 it's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Happy New Year, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, a year older, but still none wiser, with another episode of ML Sold of Detroit. And I am joined by Mark Fellhauer, who is still... Recovering from some trauma, and, from and I actually am a year older today. I mean, that's right. It's your you're birthday. You're a year older. It's not your birthday. No, but well, happy New Year, right? Or what's the what was the broken toy from the uh, the uh, uh, Christmas thing? Was do you say happy birthday every year? Oh, Frosty said happy birthday. Is it Frosty? Every time he came to life. Yeah. Okay, right. So, uh, oh well, that faded out nice. It's maybe his hat flew uh, off. I'm sorry. I, I, was how to do everything. I was distracted. Somebody I know. Just, you've been reading No, no, no. Somebody just sent me something that they Googled my name, and it, it comes oh up as a, a, ser- a serial killer in Louisville. So, so uh, what the hell? L- listener Kevin uh, was uh, was paying attention to our advice column, our uh, advice episode that aired last week in our recent shows, and he says, after the profound comment about Googling names, I put my favorite hosts through the test. Do not Google Sean Windsor. I included a screenshot of the results. After hearing his pro-cheating rants, I had my Methodist sensibilities... (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to throw him in prison. He and Google accused him of, well, look for yourself. Keep up the good work, guys. And if you you go to Google and you type in Sean Windsor, S-H-A-W-N Windsor, it says Detroit Free Press columnist. That's true. He's Twitter. There's something on Murderpedia. And on the right, it says this... About Sean Windsor. Sean William Windsor is an American man convicted of killing his estranged wife, Betty Jean Windsor, and son, Corey Windsor, in Louisville, Kentucky in 2003. The only thing that's not accurate is it has your age as 59 when I know you to be several thousand years old. (laughs) Just based on enthusiasm. Oh, my God. I've I've been waiting for at least a decade for that thing to to go away. This is the first? Oh, no. Oh, so you know about it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not the first time somebody's. uh, Yeah, I was alerted to this a long time ago. I maybe even uh, found it a long time ago looking for a story. So you're waiting for expungement? What are you waiting for? No, I don't want uh, mutation. Yeah, his photo used to come up. Does his photos? I don't know if it still comes up. His photo. It's there for Murderpedia. Okay, so that was at least helpful. But still, to to have that, you know, side by side is uh, yeah. He's still he's still on death row. Maybe we can get him on the show. Oh, nice. Well, it'll be a collect call. But I but did the pro cheating rant, come on. My, my man didn't listen. My favorite thing about it is uh, maybe 15 minutes before we started, ML said, hey, I'm sending you guys an email. Check it out, blah, blah, blah. And you clearly didn't check it out until we went live on the air. <laughs> no, I checked it out right before. Yeah, so, you were okay right before. I, I well, just, no, you were sending me a conversation between the two of you. <laughs> so all this inside stuff about, I guess, what we're, something else we're going to talk about. and. 
Maybe the Michigan game. I don't know. Yeah, it was the Michigan was game about, and yeah. targeting and all this sort of th- sort of thing. Yeah. So um, does <laughs> Mark Ann, was being high minded. You were not. That was the gist. Does of the Ann exchange. know? Do the boys know about uh, that? Ben there's a guy, Betty Jean. There's a guy out there. No, no. no. no did did you ever see the stepfather with Terry O uh, O'Quinn? No. Great. It's a series of movies. When did he, it come out? 1930. Uh, no, no. This was this was some some buddies of mine in college. Watch it. He's a guy who marries usually a woman with children, and he's trying to build... Well, first he married and had kids, and they disappointed, so he killed them all. So then he remarries, and he marries a great woman. And she turns out to be uh, have kids, and then he tries to build the perfect family, and then at some point they disappoint him, and so he murders them all. Then he goes out and he marries, and it's a whole series... And I just, I, you know, I thought it was fictional, but now that I see Sean's past, it's almost a documentary. What's my past? Oh, that, Betty Jean and Corey disappointed you. You murdered them, and then you married Anne and started a whole new family. What's my, yeah, 30 years ago. What's my past? Well, there could be some butterfly effect in here. I don't know. I do want to say Stepfather, by the way, is based on uh, John List, that that murder. I don't know if you know that story about that murder. He, uh, by the way, went to Michigan. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Only because we've talked Michigan, about it. Michigan, yeah! But that guy has, you know, he's from, I think, I want to say he's from here and then killed his family and then had another family and moved on. I mean, it's a fascinating story. I didn't and know that. Terry O'Quinn is from it. here, too. No, oh, I yeah. just want to just, just say this, this, this last thing. All three of us, I assume, have known people that have murdered. No, not no. that. No, have had uh, done a podcast with had him. relationships outside their main relationship. However, you want to describe that. It's it's uh, you know love the sin hate the, or hate, love the sin or hate the sin whatever it is. That's the idea. You don't just discard people because of that that was my only point in that whole advice thing. Mike would you'd you'd throw everybody in prison. I, I, you know people. I know you know people. Sean is trying so hard to excuse cheating. There's got to be a story. It has nothing it. to do with Anna, that. Are you listening? It's like anything else. You just don't. You just don't discard people because of mistakes they make. I'm a big fan of ice pick in the back of the neck. You know, like my dad. So, yeah, you don't. Uh, I would never ice pick your dad. You know what I mean? I don't think I could. Think about I it this way, too, though. Remember Gary Hart? His, his, yeah. his yeah. career. Yeah, monkey business. Was done. Gary Hart Pence? His career was done once that came out. But it wasn't, Don, Donna it Rice, wasn't right? because yeah. of the cheating, although that didn't help. It was because he said, yeah. yeah, he's like, come, come and me. get me. Right. If you if you got something, bring it. And I think it was the hubris mm-hmm. that brought him down as much that as that. That didn't help, else. but but you know, obviously that, what, that, that happens, doesn't make a difference now. That happens today now. He'd still mean no, still. Of course he would. Yeah. I mean no, Clinton's, come a long way. Clinton's like, uh, I didn't inhale. Well Trump And was, then you I got mean, Obama's was, like, Yeah, I did blow. I'd like to be a president. And Trump and he was. Uh, you know, there right? It's the worst Obama impersonation of ever. Trump was heard. accused of I that. It was, it was terrible. Well, um, Mark, it was, here's, a, uh, it was a cross between George W. Bush and Obama. Here's what here's what you don't understand, Mark. About, about you got to go a little deeper, more staccato. About President Obama, Sean, you want to? He likes no. to be sure about what he's saying because what he has to say is worth hearing. No, no, no. I just say, uh, you know, please Google, take this dude away. <laughs> I will say, Sean, whatever you've been doing, and it's the same spelling too. That's the, that, that's what's that, great about it. That's the worst part. You're aging very well. I mean, not really. You look much better than you did while you were in prison. Oh, thank you. For cheating. <laughs> well, this was just what you would do, I guess. <laughs> no, I told you how no, I No, you make a, you make this, when we get to the later in the show to get the New Year's resolutions, the idea that you want us to have resolutions for you is so <laughs> fucked up. And that's the whole point of what, that's all I want to talk about. But, but it but explains everything. That's, that's how you run your life. You want to run everybody else's life. But I, <laughs> I, why, why are we getting into this? That's my point from a week ago. God. 
Boy, I, I really stop worrying about other people's shit. I'm reminded of how little I missed you over the past <laughs> week, but uh, but you did have a, an exciting trip out to the desert. Oh my god! Um, where perhaps you you uh, got into a medicine tent and did some dreamscaping and and found a, a new consciousness. It's a little further west. Okay, sorry, I, yeah. I I didn't go there. Unfortunately, I was watching Michigan State's bowl game which was a replay of a previous year's bowl game. But we do, before we get into this, need to thank a couple of people who make all of this necessary. That's Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. If you're freaking out about your 401k and your retirement planning, let Luke take care of that. And if you need some dough now, David Hall can help you with Hall Financials. Many, many options to put dough in your pocket. We're going to tell you more about that in a minute. But but first... Mark and I did exchange some messages on uh, on. Uh, Wait a second, Mark! You were all queued up there, Mark. It's okay. I'm well, okay. We're fine. Okay. We're good. And I, uh, I, I want to apologize live. You don't have. I didn't for, want. You didn't. I didn't need an apology. I for think saying people, that. I, just, uh, I, I think I people, didn't want Michigan to win, but that was targeting. That I think. I should have left out the first part. I that think was, people expected me to be like, just apoplectic after the loss. I was bummed. It sucked. They were out schemed. They were out coach. They didn't execute very well. Still had a chance to win. Um, but I I mean, I don't know. It's a pretty damn good season. It sucked the way it ended, but what are you gonna do? And so I, then I, I got that's when I got that text from you. But I wasn't mad at you for what you said. I was just pointing out the difference. Right, Sean? Well that but here's the point. That Mark, can you explain to the listeners what the difference is, please, Mr. Host? I don't see a difference because here's a guy who says <laughs> we're give the context. We're more right, sure. No, no, I'm just gonna read I'm just gonna No, that's not what I said. Please give the context. I'll just oh I'll, my God. I'll just read it. Well, as an older brother, you should be more mature. Oh, but go ahead and uh, you know There's a text I got eight o'clock on Sunday. So this Jerry is right Pick. as the game is ending. I want U of M to lose, but that was targeting, no question. Now my first thought when I saw it was I don't care about the targeting call. Like that just twenty five seconds left. It, it didn't matter, yeah, in, no. in my opinion. It would have been nice to see the game go on because anything oh, could happen. But I, yeah. I think if they had a couple more shots down the field, and if they'd managed the clock right, they would have had many more shots down the field. But I think, I think they still could have. How won did they game. mismanage the clock? They should have called timeouts much sooner. Uh, then you, if you can't do that, well, we can get into that in a minute. But it Mark, is, go ahead and finish. I kind of on the same page with you there. This. I, I didn't mind that he saved it, but once they got the first down, he should have called it a lot quicker because yeah. they only lost about 30. But you're talking 20 to 30 seconds. Anyway, 8 o'clock. I wanted Michigan to lose, but that was targeting no question. <laughs> and there's the difference. I rooted for State when they were in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I, I did not expect to enjoy that game as much as I did. The first half was great. But why the second you, half was great. And, and let me just explain why I rooted for Michigan State because I remember this very – Clearly, remember Joanna, right? Huge Michigan State fan that we worked with at 105. Yes, was going to those games, and it was like, well, why would I? I don't care if they win or lose because they're. I have friends that are Spartan fans. This will mean the world to them. What does it do for me? Here's if they the real lose? question: That later that night, later Saturday night, I assume you watched part of Georgia and Ohio State. Yeah. Did you root for Ohio State? Um, I okay. I I guess I would say I wasn't rooting for them no but i didn't care i didn't care I, I swear to god i didn't care and that's what ml pointed out in that text i said look i have more friends that went to michigan state than i do ohio state so once again it does nothing for me either way so michigan state fans so you're a sociopath is what you're saying Michigan I just only care about nothing does anything for you. I'm just narcissistic. I just care about how it affects me. Well, narcissism is a part of sociopathy. So, 
But I just Whoa, I, now who's I, busting out the uh, the big words? I feel like you wanted Michigan. Um, you wanted me to be upset because you wanted Michigan to lose. No, no, that I didn't want nice. you to be upset. I felt bad because I felt like I had said something you that was, I not was kind when I meant to send a note that said. Hey, dude. I know. I agree that was targeting, and if I think it's targeting, it's got to be targeting because I would have turned my back right. on any penalty <laughs> called on. Uh, because if I think Congress. anything, then then that's the case, and I don't mean I, I mean you. I. Well, I, I knew it wasn't. I, I'm, ta- I'm changing my resolution suggestion for you to don't be so judgy. I knew but, it wasn't uh, targeting. But I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that because Michigan just can't win a review for the life of them. <laughs> Well, they this also should have. They should have had that year. completion reviewed where uh, your boy trapped yeah, they, it. They snapped it pretty quick. No, yeah. I know they did. Oh, Joe, mm-hmm. they did. But I'm just saying the calls go both ways. And when you're that far yeah. superior team, you sh- it shouldn't come down to a call once or twice. And yeah, so you're at on the half yard line. Well, then pound it in, punch it no, in. You're right. So, they didn't execute. But but I want to go back to what the difference is. Here's the difference. Michigan State fans can be obnoxious and at times incendiary involving living room furniture, but not arrogant. And the the few moments when we were arrogant there on our run, we paid for it immediately, which was a good reminder. Now, here's Michigan fans, Hunter Dick Hedinson, who's talking shit about Michigan State a couple weeks ago, then gets smoked against Central Michigan, and then his team gets beat well, when you're beat by Central Michigan yeah, at terrible home, loss. I wouldn't say that's a beating. Well, losing by one point hurt just as much, I'm sure, as if they, or maybe more than if they'd been run out of the gym. Then all this, oh, we're so superior, blah, blah, blah. Then they get beat by a team they were about? looking past. You, you didn't see the Hunter Dickinson stuff? No, I did, yeah. I mean, how, how, this old, is, how old is Hunter Dickinson? Uh, I'm assuming he's at least 35, I can't right? believe he's he just. For 10 years. How old are you? Me? Yeah. Well, not very old, but 20. based on what he just used to describe his last name or the word he inserted in the middle of that, line, <laughs> the extra syllable he just added. Oh, well, he's got a good head on his shoulders. My God, what are we in the Skip Bayless show? <laughs> they do very well, by the way. Could you turn into Shannon Sharp, please? I feel like you I'm expend not a Hall of Fame uh, tight end. I feel like you expend far more energy. Veterans Committee could put you in. Hate. I think you spend way more energy hating Michigan than you do. Loving Michigan Pulling for your own team. Oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. I'm just saying Feels that, that way. Y- you said, here's the difference. And I'm telling you, this is the difference, is you have obnoxious, arrogant Michigan fans saying shit. And so we don't cheer for Michigan. I've never thought of Mark that way. Hmm. Have you ever thought of Mark that way as obnoxious and arrogant? I'm saying Michigan think, fans. Mark's he's a Michigan fan. He's a Michigan alum. He's, he's, I think you're he's viewing born it, in Columbus. He's, I think he's, you're viewing it through the prism of Twitter to which you invite a lot of that stuff. No, I I don't. I I'm happy to uh, not engage. I didn't I didn't say shit to any Michigan people on Mark Twitter always. about the game. I didn't say anything to anybody on on Twitter about the Michigan game. Well, I'm I'm glad your uh, Horn Frogs won for your sake. I'm glad, glad you're happy. You know you know you know which uh, Michigan college beat the Horn Frogs in a bowl game, of course. Oh yeah, because that's irrelevant. That was your Michigan State Spartans. Yeah. Very, very good record in bowl games, by the way, as opposed to the other team. The the best, the, the greatest university on the face of the Jupiter galaxy. There it is again. Whatever it is. There it is again. Reveling in uh, Michigan's uh, just, failures instead of no, states. No, no, just pointing out, pointing no, out. I'm the, just pointing it out, too. The arrogance. So, me, the, I will, I'm going to start pointing out unjustified. your inferiority complex that you have over this. How painful because was this? You're intimidated really, Mark? by my superiority. And was is, it painful is, is in this part a because, you, move? because you felt like, uh, as a Michigan fan, this, there was a real 
chance at not just a semifinal win, but a national championship. Oh, and no. It, and that they don't come around very it often. Was inc- no, and I mean, it was perfectly set up for Michigan, right? That's the draw you want, where you want it, and everything. I don't know. You know, yeah, I was very disappointed. I was pissed off during the game, mainly because a team that has executed so well for 13 games apparently forgot how to play football. You know, and that that's why it was painful. But Michigan had some had some tough halves because they do very well in the second half, but they struggled in the first half against Michigan State. They struggled against a lot of teams in the first half. They struggled, they struggled against, against Rutgers. They struggled the against half. Illinois. I mean, this is a team that showed that it had some vulnerabilities. I disagree. And, and I, I don't know whether TCU watched more of that film than anybody else, but they certainly exposed a lot of what. Uh, what they they needed to do to win. I mean, they did Michigan ever think, lead in that game? No, no. And I think uh, I think it was more because TCU runs a defense that they haven't seen, and you have a quarterback who has never seen that defense and threw two terrible pick sixes. They were just bad throws. They were bad decisions. They were bad decisions, not bad throws. Oh, they they were behind. I mean, on an out like that, you can't throw it short. You got to throw well, both the first, of them out. The, the first one, he and, just didn't those, see the def- those, he didn't see the defensive back on either either time. You know, it wasn't like the the primary back made the you're right. Uh, no, the, the primary the cover play. guy. Yeah, yeah no, primary cover guy. You're right, but you can't throw it short on an out like that. You just because of that fact. Well, I don't know that it was short. He just maybe didn't short. have enough velocity on it or whatever. But it wasn't short. It was just yeah. he, did, he did not play well. Who McCarthy. What? Great! He was the best player you guys had. He played great. He was the only TC. reason it even had a chance. Are you? I, I, I what are you was, watching? I think, was bad. I think he was back to being very indecisive at times. The TCU defense. He threw for 340 yards. He scored 39 points in the second half. A lot he had one drive where he ran for the whole sure. drive sure. on two runs. Sure. He Put threw. In game. He threw a half a dozen throws, just threading the needle with NFL velocity. I mean. When he the game, played, when, when the game played, was close, he played I don't, great. I don't think he played that well when the game was close. Except I love for him. those two throws, dude, with receivers who consistently could not get separation unless there was double moves and Ronnie Bell and those guys getting behind the defense. But every single time it was a third down or whatever, and they need to make a play. Not every single time, but a lot of times the receivers could not get separation, which remains the single biggest issue of this offense. They do not have NFL level playmakers there. I don't think you play that well. Every other team does. He that's the best statistical game he's had. They had thirty nine points stats, in the second half. How much stats, more do you want? Stats. Points or stats? How many yards? Those weren't empty points. How many yards did Kelvin Johnson put up on a very bad team? They had thirty nine coverages are different. No, I in the I didn't second say he was half. terrible. I didn't think he played that way. He threw two pick sixes on bad decisions. And the offense I ran all over is a first, TCU. They had no running game. The they two no picks that TCU threw were deflections. I mean, they they disarmed Mozzie Smith. Pause for laugh track. No, okay. Anyway, but they uh the the offense was was trucking U of M. They ran the ball is what they did. I mean, yeah. Max Duggan With didn't. Their Max Duggan back. was. Yeah, Max I, Duggan played worse. Than, he was missing guys. That's the other side of the ball, but yeah, he was missing guys. McCarthy, with no running game, played the best game of his career, other than those two decisions. I don't know about that. He's a first year starter against a no, difficult I, defense that he hadn't seen much, and I thought he balled out and I, gave him a chance. They, I was telling you before the show I, that game. Is encapsulated in one play. Michigan comes back. They scored what two touchdowns? In, they also in lost 50, their best tight end in fifty seconds, and 
you know, they're down three. They make two great defensive plays. It's third and seven. They call a good play. TCU called a better play, and they're two really good players. One of the one of the well, probably the best player on their team, Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver. Yeah, he's good. Made a great play and took off, and they had nobody in coverage, and that they were out schemed on that play, and they were out executed. Look, we were talking about luck earlier, you know, and and, and health and all that sort of thing. And you have players. I mean, Blake Quorum, I think, would have made a difference in the red zone in particular. Every team has injuries. If you though. can't run the ball at all, sure. Then, um, then it's really hard to score in the red zone. And that was really the biggest difference in the game. But here's another thing about luck with McCarthy. He was injured in mid-spring training. Then he had to battle it out in the fall because he didn't get the reps, right? If he hadn't missed a spring, he would have been the starter. Then he would have been the yeah. starter. Uh-huh. And so the, the, off, the whole year and the rhythm of the whole year is changed because of that. That's just bad luck with health, right? Yeah. But every team has bad luck. Every yeah, team gets lost. No. TCU's you know, starting running no, back every got team, knocked out in the first half. Every I mean, team doesn't have bad luck. The teams that win the title usually have the good luck. Yeah, but good teams Or the superior depth where you have uh, all these five-star guys waiting for a chance to get in the game. But even that doesn't I, I, always matter. I just want to. <laughs> I mean, Alabama lost Jamison Williams last sure. year and couldn't score and couldn't move the ball sure. all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Even though they had a freshman five star guy come in for him. Yeah. Well, that's why you play the games, right? Yeah. But well, to I, say that you don't need your best players to win is just oh god. Next man up. Anybody's ever coached knows it's a bunch of shit. <laughs> Next man up. Well, there's a reason the guy in the first the first man up's playing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Michigan State I mean, had next man up and went on a four-game losing streak. So, yeah, that's that's if you don't have the depth, that's a problem. But if you do have the depth, you have somebody who goes in and gives you a chance. I, I just Go don't. ask your boys up there, the, the basketball team, how they've been without um, uh, Malik Hall. And then when they didn't have Jaden Akins for a few games either, yeah, they're nowhere near the same team. Well, they also of only course, have what, my, my 11 point, guys as opposed to 100. My point is just every team goes through adversity like that. Yeah, Corm was out, and Edwards went to town in Columbus. I mean, he had two. Where long, was he? He yeah. had two long runs. But, they didn't really run that ball. The, the run the ball that well. You know, they didn't against Purdue. No, not Purdue. That was last year. Who they played in the Big Illinois, Ten? Illinois. Illinois. Before that. No, no, in the Big Ten title game. No, Purdue. that was Purdue. They played Purdue. That was Iowa the year before. Yeah, got all these awful teams coming out of the West. Iowa, who is uh, still looking for a quarterback. Hopefully, uh, McNamara will help him. But they they won twenty one nothing. You're like, wow! Uh, Iowa finally finds a quarterback. Turns out it was two more, two more, uh, two more uh, defensive <laughs> touchdowns. Iowa's just trash. Look, they had a good year. Here's my question: is, is Harbaugh um, gone? Oh well, I mean, if you look at every report, yeah. As soon as Denver offers him, he's gone. I mean, Could I you say it's a great year if you want your program to be on the level of the, the Bama and Ohio State and all those guys? If you lose your final game to a team you're favored to beat, well, yeah, it's a great it, year. It was a great year, yeah. They were in they college? won the Big Ten. That was the most wins they've had in a season. Harbaugh, I has mean, if, if it's it, a good year. If you're, if you're one of those people really that's like year. championship or bust, then I'm sorry for you. That's no, tough. you don't have to win the title, but it's tough when you lose to a team. You were saying before we got on the air that you thought uh, Michigan had way more talent. I do. I, I think I think from top to bottom they have more talent than TCU. So TCU has four really, really good players, the two corners, the wide receiver, and the quarterback, and those four guys all made big, big plays. So, I, you know, it is what it is. It sucks. And they should have won. Well, their arrogance well, you know took what? them yeah. down. They looked but past TCU. They, their coach no, let them talk all that shit before them. the game. Harbaugh does not have control of these guys. Oh, shut the fuck up. He does. He just lets them run their mouth. They say stupid shit. 
Sometimes it makes a difference in a close game. I don't think so. Well, you guys keep well, disrespecting the TCU, the TCU players. Sure said it made a difference afterwards. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they were there. So They're fired up. The, the truest thing about the game is what Sonny Ducks, the TCU coach, said afterwards. Um, we controlled the line of scrimmage. We were the more physical team, and they were. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's I amazing was, how often that it makes the difference. I was surprised because I think of the Big 12 like that one uh, Michigan guy was. You know, who are who – what conference – I mean, I think of the Big 12 as a joke. I, I never think of them playing defense. Whenever I see somebody who's a defensive player from the Big 12 who's a high draft pick, I'm like – they, they don't play defense. That's like a basketball conference, but they sure as hell. It's the first time they've had a, a team in the title game, and it's been. It was the first time they had a team in the semis in a while, right? When's no, the, I think, it was I think always Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma was the only one, right? But Oklahoma. it's been a minute for Oklahoma, hadn't it? Three, yeah. four, three, four years. Baker Mayfield wasn't he the last one? Probably, yeah. And was he that got three, smoked, four years I ago. Think. Yeah, but um, well. Tell me what it was like to be there, Sean, because we were talking a little bit about the volume. Now, from what. From what I saw at home was, uh, was J.J. McCarthy's girlfriend and a bunch of TCU fans. But there was one point in the game, I think it was early in the second half, where the Michigan fans were so loud, I thought they were just going to just blow everybody else out of they, the building. They it, did, they did and make And then there was noise. a quick turn. They did make and, some And it kind of got quiet again. But, I mean, I thought Michigan was pretty well represented in, in Arizona. Well, no, they had half the stadium. It's... Uh... What's always interesting, to, not interesting, but just a little odd about a, a setting like that to me, is Phoenix is not necessarily a great sports town. They like the Suns, you know, they, they support the Suns, the the, the the hockey, whatever, the Coyotes yeah, are there playing in a five. And the Diamondbacks and the baseball are. when they're good, they support them. But it's not a great football town. They don't necessarily love the Cardinals. They're, they're not a homegrown team. And Phoenix has a lot of people from other places, so it's a little it's bit an area of transplants. It's a little yeah. bit like Atlanta, which is not a great sports town. It's becoming a little bit better, but that's what's always odd to me is you have this huge event in a town that's not necessarily a, a great football town, but because the fans were all imported, you can kind of uh, uh, you know surpass that, not surpass it, but get beyond that. And uh, and the atmosphere was actually great, and it's TCU, and their fans are. Um, you know, it's the first time they've been in the playoff. They're not used to this. They've had a couple of good teams in the last uh, decade or so. But their fans were just, they, I mean, it was fun walking through their tailgates to get to the stadium. They were just living College, it up, college living football it up. fan bases are far more similar from school to school, and they are different. They are. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's a little bit different because there's still some regional difference in this country, so their fans were a little bit more dressed up. Yeah, they yeah. all have different traditions. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's just a little just, more conservative, a little more... Uh, more stupid hats in the, the South. The, the cuts and, and so forth. What was fun is the hotel I was staying at was full of fans from both schools. Oh, really? Were they going at And I was getting the, the next... That late that night or the it next... happens at the Motel yeah, late, late at Yeah, late at night, <laughs> I was getting in an elevator to, uh, to go up, and the elevator opens up, and there are a couple of Michigan fans in the back, and I'm standing with three or four TCU fans. And they start to walk in as soon as the elevator opens up, and they look, and they see the block M all over the, the, the shirts. And they pause for a second and say, too soon. Because they, you know, they didn't know if uh, they should get in and actually if the Michigan fans were going to be okay to share an elevator God. with TCU fans after that. And everybody uh, laughed, and they had fun, and uh, it was all good sportsmanship, so that was and, good. And the Michigan fans said, what are these horn Frogs doing with that murderer, Sean Windsor? We didn't know he'd gotten out already. Hmm. Yeah, I think he's in Louisville on death row, right? Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea. I just know. Or maybe he's from Louisville. 
He continues to inflict his. Oh his God! Couldn't have named at least. Why didn't his parents spell it S E A N? Your, your middle name isn't William, though, is it? No, it's Michael. Okay, all right. Nice doxing yourself. Yeah, no, it's not Michael. We'll talk to we'll talk to the good people at, at Google and try and get that straightened out. So, what happens next? Now we we have a big basketball. Harbaugh game. goes to the NFL. Is that what happens next? Sure, sounds like. I it. don't know. He said last December is this that he's happens he's every staying, year. Right? It doesn't mean anything. But I heard somebody saying on another station that um, that I think actually it was John Jansen saying that he fulfills every contract that he signs. That uh, when he was looking at Minnesota, his contract was up. That when he was with uh, the 49ers, he fulfilled his contract. And people were complaining that Harbaugh hasn't said, you know, I'm a Michigan man. I'm going to stay here. And Jansen's take was, well, if he says that, then every time another thing comes up, he has to say it again which I thought was asinine because if you say it once, you just say, I refer you to my earlier comments. You just tell people, Hey, you know, this is it. And, and I would think earlier comments mean nothing, but I mean, at least it gives you a dodge where you can say, I said, I'm saying, you know, until you see otherwise, you got to trust me. But I, I think it would be a shame for Michigan if he left, because I think he's finally got the program where he said he would bring it. And I think that, that they're getting a, a lot of talent and they've got the coaches that are making that talent perform. Now, whether they're holding them accountable or not is another question. But, but Mark, you were saying you were worried that he, when his assistant head coach went to, was it Coastal Carolina or University of Charlotte oh, when, or something? When, when Biff Pogey left. Yeah, yeah. That, that this it's is kind of, weapon, he's yeah. like the Harbaugh whisperer, and that when he, he went, was. that that may be some of the, the magic Yeah, but uh, left Harbaugh's town dealt too. with plenty of uh, you know people leaving, coaches moving on. I, yeah, but they lose I, and they don't win. I mean, although this season would be the exception, right? I mean, he's turned over coaches and it hasn't made a difference. He did lose that great defensive coordinator and then replaced him with someone who did equally well. Well, he lost Josh Gaddis too. I yeah, mean, and, and the offense did really well too. Yeah. So of late, he's been doing better replacing those key guys. But tell people a little bit about who this Poge is because it's a fascinating story. I don't think we've talked enough about who this dude is because he's really, it's kind of an amazing uh, success story. It could take me years to talk about him. But yeah, no, he was kind of the guy that, you know, after that COVID year, Harbaugh said, I, I got to change stuff. And, and Sean, you've always said he's been a guy willing to change, which is absolutely very unusual in the world of college football. But he was a businessman. He was a business. Who became a high school coach for yeah. like 20 years. Yeah. And he played college football uh, at Pittsburgh and then coached and was like, I got I to gotta make some money. Made a ton of money after Black Monday in 1987 and then decided to go back to his love of coach. He's a fascinating guy. Uh, but he came in after the 2020 season and said to Harbaugh, he said, look, stay out of these meetings with your offense and your defense. I'll report back to you. And kind of was the coach's coach in a way. And that, that seemed to, well, I mean, the proof is in the record, right? Seemed to change things around. And was he gone by the time the CFP came around? I mean, has he been oh, I would off ass- campus? I would assume, I would assume he Right, because he's getting ready for his, his season. next gig, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. is this a sign of what the university I, is going to be like without him? Oh, I don't think so. No. I think it's too too big of a leap to say that i mean who knows this is this is the thing this is, we've been through these hardball watches before nobody knows anything until it's done it's all going to be noise so that sounds like trump right nobody knows i i wouldn't necessarily call harbaugh trump um <laughs> this uh, better hair for one thing um but uh i mean he did this last year with the vikings so i well he would have gone if they had offered him the job right? you're right and that's the question is denver gonna offer him uh, or are they going to offer Sean Payton? You know, whatever. Carolina. What? The Panthers? Yeah. Really? I, gross. Saw, I saw that. Uh, Do you want to go there? I don't know. 
Uh, it just it seems like Sean clockwork had some now. good barbecue there. I heard there may be one reason to go there, right? I did. I just That's hope he makes a decision sooner rather than later, or they make a decision and offer him sooner rather than later. That that would be good because it's annoying. Well, you know. it's about me. It is. That's the difference. I thought I made that point earlier. That is Sean. the difference. That's the difference. <laughs> you did. You did. You as did. as uh, as Tom Izzo once said, it's it's about it's about you, not about us. Well, when it comes to fandom, it's, it is. That's not how it works in anime. You could say that about anything in life, right? Um, I suppose if you wanted to. I guess. I guess. Well, let's tell people how to uh, how to how to survive doing a podcast with a couple of narcissists. Yeah, let's tell them. <laughs> Shut up! Man. Wow, it's... you're the worst. You murder. Oh, yeah. oh, what do you want to hear oh, about? Hall? At least we don't have a narrow urethra. Yeah, how come you haven't told me about that hat, by the way? Yeah, it's ML not, is wearing a <laughs> leopard leopard print Michigan State Spartan hat. It's uh, leopard print with the uh, what was that? The Spartan guy. It Does he have be, a cute name? Was, was it Sparty? It, it could be a cheetah hat, but um, but I would never call the Spartans cheetahs. This is uh, uh, something I saw at the Rally House in East Lansing and admired. And then on Christmas Day, I found it under the tree. Uh, yeah, I, I sh- can see why you admired I, it. I should tell people I, I found it in the women's section, so uh, I just want you to know that I'm I'm that comfortable in my masculinity that I'll wear any chapeau. But I can I see why you admired it. Are those new glasses, by the way? No, no, these, these are. You're looking, for, you know, fetching today. I don't. I, I want to be judged by my mind, Sean. Okay. If that's which I, I understand is a toxic. Uh, den of narcissism, <laughs> narcissitude. So uh, yes, yeah. so no. Judge me on my appearances. Maybe I'm not as vile uh, to the eye as I am to the soul. <sighs> but um, but there are people who can can help you get ready for your future. While Jim Harbaugh ponders his future, and, and the guy I call first would be Luke Nowacki. Yeah, Luke. I mean, new year, new things you might want to purchase. New. It's a good time to get your finances straightened. So see where you are going to be in a year from now, right? Everybody's got future goals. Luke Nowacki and his team at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies, they're going to help you plan for all those financial goals, both today, both through 2023, and well into the future. So give Luke a call today, 248-663-4748. It's a free consultation. He's going to um, talk to you about what you want to do, where you're going, with all your money, where your investments are, and get you on the right path to make your plan align with your goals. And because, uh, you know, you call Luke, there's one thing he, you can count on him doing, and that's to make it all about you, sweetheart. It is all about me. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRAS.TC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Now, if you're looking for a new house or perhaps a big house or just to get some cash out of your house... We recommend that you give Mr. David Hall of Hall Financial a call. Yeah, not to mention, I'm sure people have massive credit card uh, debt now after the holidays. And it's very important to become debt-free, and Hall Financial can help you do that. And one of those ways is the cash-out refinance from Hall Financial. Use the equity in your home to pay off a high-interest credit card debt or any other debt you might have. It is also a free consultation. It's a five-minute mortgage review with Hall Financial. Um, it's all it's going to take to get you and your family in a better position for 2023. Get the money you need now with a cash out refinance from Hall Financial. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. And if you want to find a link to our sponsors' websites, go to our website. That's mlsoulofdetroit.com. We'll have a link there and you can connect with them. And when you do, please let them know that ML sent you. And if you want to see my fetching hat and you're not watching us on youtube right now please subscribe to our youtube channel which is soul of detroit when you sign up you can like 
our uh, and follow our site, which we really appreciate. But you can also sign up for alerts, so you always know when we're going live or post new content, which is good because we don't always know when we're going live. So that's one way that you can always be in the loop. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so a couple of things that we're going to talk about a little <laughs> later in the show. Uh, we're going to talk about our new New Year's resolutions. A little later. I think we're already late in the show. For ourselves and for each other. Patience would be one uh, late candidate for, for Sean. And we're going to talk about my column looking back at uh, the biggest political bums of 2022. And we have some suggestions from our listeners for who should make that list. But first, we want to tell you about a little feature we call Geek of the Week. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Die, do they? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? You know, we were also going to talk about a topic, and, and, and we'll get to that probably not in Geek of the Week, because I don't know if that's an appropriate uh, uh, connection to make, but... Last night, you know, we, we do the show on Tuesdays, Monday Night Football, there was a tragedy on the field that had all of us kind of gasping, and it reminded me of something I witnessed firsthand, but we're going to make this a little cliffhanger. We're going to talk about that when we get done with our Geek of the Week, because I, I got I to I get to something that, that, uh, that drives me crazy. Second Amendment is the law of the land. You are allowed to carry a gun in public in certain circumstances. You can carry it concealed. You can carry it on your person. There's all sorts of rules for this. There's all sorts of laws for this, and we could debate them, and we can do all sorts of stuff. But I got to tell you, Rico Marley really went too far. Just two days after 10 people were killed at a Colorado grocery store, Mr. Marley was arrested as he emerged from a bathroom at a grocery store in Atlanta. He was wearing body armor, carrying six loaded weapons, four handguns in his jacket pockets and in a guitar bag and a semi-automatic rifle and 12-gauge shotgun. Now, this would alarm anybody who saw somebody walking through a grocery store if it hadn't been just in the wake of a massacre in a grocery store. So an Instacart driver calls a store employee and says, Hey, um, I saw a guy in the bathroom with an AR-15-style rifle propped against a wall. And, uh, you know, so kind of, you know, uh, you know, 911, 911. Uh, the Publix, which was the supermarket, gets evacuated. Everybody gets cleared out. Mr. Marley is arrested. They go through the process. There's all these charges. And this whole thing is playing itself out. I just want to tell you, regardless of how you feel about the Second Amendment and your rights, it's probably a good idea to be prudent and to not do things that would scare the shit out of everybody around you. Mm. I got no problems with guns. I like shooting guns. I'm a pretty good shot. I just don't think that we need to. Are you saying you shouldn't go grocery shopping with with this hat? I'm the Annie Oakley of the podcast. You shouldn't go grocery shopping with um, what? Four handguns. I think he had uh, AR 15 body armor, everything. You You shouldn't go grocery shopping like that. I'm thinking that if you're going to go out and about and, and you know, his, part of his defense was he was on his way to someplace else and he just had picked some of this stuff up. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think maybe you want to make that stop. Like you would stop at home to drop off your stinky gym gear before you might go out in public. So if you're armed to the teeth, exercising your Second Amendment rights, we re- we respect that. But just as kind of like a courtesy to your fellow shoppers, don't go in there looking like you're going to murder everybody right after somebody murdered everybody. And it turns out this is a phenomenon that happens all the time. I think we might be able to get past some of our Second Amendment uh, debates and differences if people could just 
be a little respectful of their fellow shoppers. So whatever the courts are going to decide for Mr. Rico Marley, you've already been judged and convicted of being our Geek of the Week. Can I nominate somebody for Geek of the Week, too? Is it Sean? Sure. And can yes. I nominate somebody else for Geek of the Week? Oh, oh. sure. Normally you defend me. What I, don't, don't, don't leave Sean out, though. I just wanted to move it on. Um, and this maybe, maybe this is too early. Maybe you didn't want to talk about um, Damar Hamlin right now. But I kind of want to nominate everybody that was on Twitter last night, or the vast majority of Twitter last night, regarding... Um, uh, Demar or um, God, Demar Hamlin. I don't know why I can't remember his name. It's that COVID brain that I have. I I was really intrigued watching Twitter last night because I feel like, and, and maybe this is cynical me. A lot of people are out there kind of putting out their well wishes, which is nice. I don't know why you do it on Twitter. Like he's going to go through. He's and probably read all checking the tweets. It in the yeah. back of the ambulance. I, what else is he going to do? It, it, that feels a little bit. What's what's the phrase that you love? ML um, narcissistic. No, fantastic. Virtue signally. Oh, I hate that phrase. And then you have all the. Yeah, um, I hate that phrase too. All the Twitter doctors pointing out what happened to the guy. So if you didn't see it, he's a defensive back for the Bills. Makes a tackle um, against uh, Bengals wide receiver in Cincinnati. Got up after the play and immediately collapsed. He went. He had a heart attack. I mean, cardiac arrest. They did CPR on him on the field for about ten minutes. Got his heart going again. Put him in an ambulance. Got him to the hospital. Stabilized him. He's now intubated in a coma as he's recovering from, you know, whatever it was that caused the heart attack. So you have virtue signalers on Twitter. You have, um, you know, Twitter doctors who of course know everything about this medical situation. And then you have the people that just decided to bring the vaccine into it for whatever reason. Mm. That's why it happened. And it's just so Mm. fucking annoying. And then you have people that set up GoFundMes in his name, which are not legitimate it's just it was the worst of humanity on Twitter last oh, night. Speaking of online scams, I should warn people: if somebody's offering you fifty dollars tickets to see Michigan State and U of M at the Breslin this week, that's probably a scam. So be be very careful, especially if they're wearing a leopard print hat. I would never let them go for fifty bucks. In fact, I wouldn't sell them. I'd go myself. Are you going to that game? I do not have tickets. I I, I missed my opportunity to buy them. Um, because they went that fast. And I'm I'm very that's why Hunter Dickinson wasn't my geek of the week, because I'm afraid that if Michigan wins, then I'll look like Hunter Dickinson claiming a victory before I didn't the think game I'd, is played. I didn't think I'd be at the game. I thought I would likely be in Los Angeles for the Michigan uh Georgia or Ohio yeah. State title game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh back to Hamlin, Ralph posted on Facebook there that Skip Bayless should be the gig of the week because Skip Bayless even tweeted out last night, like, why are they canceling this game? This game is very important to the playoff race. He's not wrong, but you know, somebody basically died and then was revived on the field. I don't know how many of those guys were into finishing that game last night. Skip Bayless. Nobody. So so let's 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 talk about this before we get to room seven six oh nine, because I think we've put an appropriate space between the geek and, and the tragedy, but Skip Bayless, for what it's worth, has been a piece of shit forever. He's been a troll. He's been a guy who just he just immediately goes made him very rich. to that tender spot. And that's right. It, it's very obvious what his strategy is, which is let me be the provocative jerk, mm-hmm. and he's made a fortune. Now, why Rob Parker, who also tends to do that, but is, I think, a, a far better human being, has not made a fortune doing that. I don't understand why Skip Bayless gets away with it, and Rob has got to hustle from job to job and run a barbershop. But uh, but Bayless, when he was with the Dallas Morning News, was a barf bag. When he was with the Chicago Tribune, he's barf bag on TV. I, I, 
what bothers me the most about him is there's no possible way he could believe all the crap that he puts no. out there. No, of course he doesn't, and I it, agree with that. It's a shtick. It's a cynical shtick. It's very cynical, That's the and that's the best word to describe it, and I agree with everything you just said. However, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, Uh-oh. I think the tweet, and I wish we had it in front of me. I should have looked it up it. before. I don't think he meant how it looked. I, I think he, it was a poorly worded tweet. Because the end of the tweet, he but, try, he says everything is irrelevant. So he was trying to say, but he's on, it, it was a it was a stream of consciousness which he ended with it's all irrelevant. And I just I don't think that's what he meant. And this is somebody that I don't not. have any respect for at all as a journalist. Maybe not, but he should learn how to use Twitter better then he, because he knows what he's doing. He um he um yeah he's disingenuous in almost everything he says. Here's here's the tweet. No he's doubt laughing the, all the way to the bank. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Exactly. That's what the point I think he was trying to make, that last clause. But it stops at but how. I mean, you just you just yeah. postpone it and figure out another day to play. I don't think he even meant, the field but, I don't think he even the but how, I don't think he meant they shouldn't stop it. I meant like how, how wow, this is gonna it? be yeah, this but, is gonna be complicated, but it doesn't matter because all that matters is this guy on the field. That's what he was trying to say. That's fine. Did a, to me, that's fine, but how many people were I can't believe I'm defending him because it was such a poorly weeded I mean poorly worded tweet. This was um a half hour after it happened. Is that what people are thinking about? Is how are they going to reschedule this? Oh, and no, and, you just and, do it. Oh, I, and I'm sure all, later. The, all the people had wagers on the game were losing their mind. They didn't give a shit about who lived and died. They're wondering what it's going to do. Well, it's also, uh, it was also but, Fantasy Football Championship in a well, lot of weeks. Well, it was no, interesting, I mean, and I don't want to make this about Skip Bayless, but he, he tweeted that and then later realized how people were taking it and then said, no, this is what I really meant. I and then there were a lot of people that, that said, and I was surprised at this. I actually like this because I, again, I'm not. I have no respect for what he's done and how he's made his you're, money. You're quite clear on your feelings on Mr. Bayless. But <laughs> it was sort of nice to see a lot of other people who are not fans of his also say, "Hey, I've stuck it in my mouth on Twitter before too when tweeted out something. I was, it was just the wrong word was in the wrong place in the sentence. It really what? sucks though that Hamlin's family had to come out and say, "Hey, all these GoFundMe's that are out there, these aren't legit. Fake. Do yeah. not donate it to him. Here is the charity." That he really supports, which is helping. I, I My son told me he raised uh, that one. That, that three, his one raised like three point seven million. Yeah. Well, he told me two million, but that was only it's like midnight. Three, it's yeah. up to three point seven million dollars for his charity. That's amazing. And with our donation, they're going to get to four. So. So here's well, the thing. Oh, but if we could just wrap this up, thank God. Thank oh, God. Thank goodness. Oh, geez. I, I think we'll what, just go, just do it. That's what you have to say to me. I think I think what Sean is trying to Sean's say to is, move on. is if it took a man almost dying to show Skip Bayless's humanity, it was worth it. <laughs> is, that, is that what it was? No, it's, I'm is, not that trying, the, is that how we're ending? I'm not this? trying to say that. At all I'm trying to say, Mark's okay, talking about all the toxicity on the worst humanity, and how annoyed you are. Twitter. But even even the nice. But the other side of that is that they were not talking about Hunter Dickinson. That this, we moved on from that. That a lot of your fellow human beings gave three point seven million dollars last night. In a matter of you're a couple right. hours. You're right. But it was annoying to see. I don't know. Maybe this maybe so this says more about me, but it's it's annoying to see all these people kind of, you know, express, you know, they don't, I don't, I don't never mind. But, the, but don't, it, don't how about for those that actually give the money, right? Then you're backing it up. Those are real people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not just so you someone. can focus on that too. I'll so it's comment. not all just toxicity and messy soup. And jumping in on the hot topic of the day just to. 
don't know. Yeah, because you, say something into the void. That's what you're doing. Like that's I'm what doing we're now. Doing. That's what we're doing on this podcast. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, that's what I'm doing all the time, Sean. Every day. Sorry. Anyway. So I I will say before we yeah, depart what the fuck? that, you... that, that the, the last time. His, he's got a partner on another show in this network that ma- makes what? his living similarly. What are we talking about? What? What are you talking about? I thought I thought we might have happy Sean, but we're seeing we're seeing the rage that led to the oh, death of uh, no. Betty Brown Jean. People are coming in from Texas. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. It's a little please. more than that, but yeah. Well, to stay yeah, on, please don't get started on to, that. To stay on topic for a second. God. The last time something like this happened that I'm aware of was when Yuri Fisher, the Detroit Red Wings, yeah. essentially died on the ice. They did suspend that game, which was appropriate, but of course they have 82 games or but 81 how? games. So, yeah, but um, but uh, I was there. Sean, were you at that game for the free press? Mm, I don't remember. I don't think it was at the game. I remember okay. being at the, the press conference after the next day or two, yeah. So I was there with a friend of mine, Bill Burdett. We were watching the game. And, uh, and then Yuri Fisher goes down and we're like, what we were sitting across from the bench. I mean, you know, on the other side of the rink, but you could see his feet sticking out of the ice and they run the crash cart across the ice and everything. And it was a very dramatic moment. Everybody was shocked. Nobody knew what was going on. They were working on him for a long time. And this was before people really texted. So I ran, I didn't have a, a notebook or a pen with me, which at that time was rare. So I had to run to the concession stand and buy a souvenir Detroit Red Wing pen set for $15 or something ridiculous like that, which I did expense. And then uh, I had to take notes on the back of my ticket and whatever paper I had in my wallet about what was going on and call it into the free press for the for the uh, the news side because this was bigger than a sports story just as this situation in the Buffalo game was bigger than a sports story. And I found out later that by coincidence, Jim Schaefer was also at the game sitting somewhere else and was also calling in notes. But that was, that was an absolutely horrific event. I mean, it, it seemed that we had watched a man die in front of 19,000 people. I mean, do you guys remember that? And oh, I remember, oh, of course I remember Chris Pronger, um, Got hit and then fell. Got back up and then fell down. The same kind of situation. Hit by a puck or did somebody run into him? Oh, that's a good question. But that was like that, like hit him yeah. in the sternum, yeah, right, it where did. it stopped his clock yep, and yeah, yep, yep. Same kind of same kind of thing. Well, I, from a coverage perspective, were you watching the coverage at all last night? After no, I was in the air. I didn't. Okay. Get home, I didn't get home till uh, after midnight. Oh, so. And R- Ralph just mentioned too the Chuck Hughes thing, yeah. and I'm did, like, did, did they, that did game they... continue? Does anybody know? Yes, the, when the Lions. I mean, Chuck it. Hughes is the only NFL player to die on the field. 1971 at uh, Tiger Stadium, the old Tiger Stadium. I believe they were playing the Bears. It's funny. I was talking to my dad about this today, and he goes, "Yeah, they finished the game." I said, "I know that," which you know, a lot of people are like, "How could they have finished the game?" Then and he goes, "There's like two minutes left," and they just he goes, "The Lions could have tried to score, but they just wanted to go home." Naturally, because the guy was just carted off. I think he was dead as he hit the field, because that was a genetic thing. Who won that game? Do you believe we finished? The Bears did. The Lions. Believe won. they finished the game though. Yeah, but that—that that was my dad's point. Was like there was like a minute left. Neither team was going anywhere. They just kind of wanted to just move on and be done with it. I mean, I—I hadn't fact checked him. I, he could be totally wrong on that. But it, it is interesting because you remember after 1963 when Kennedy died. And ta- was it Tagliabue? Was he the or whoever the um, commissioner was? So that Roselle, was the biggest. Right? 
Oh, no, it would have been Roselle. Roselle, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I confused the, the time frame on the Pete, two. Pete, yeah. Yeah, and um, how that was their grave mistake was going forward and playing that game after the president was killed. And so you would think they would be a little more aware of that in 71. If a guy dies on the field, like, okay, let's just wrap it up and call it a day in a game that doesn't matter. Last night's totally different. First quarter, game does have implications. I was surprised it took them that long to call it, but, you know. Yeah, this, so uh, it, it says Hughes was taken off the field in an ambulance, but was later yeah. that day pronounced dead at Henry Ford Hospital, age of 28. Yeah, uh, and Henry Ford had to pay his widow a lot of money because they misdiagnosed oh, it, him a few, I think like ooh, a month earlier or something. Yikes. So, so uh, and, and that, that's what's interesting about- The game was about, played to its conclusion. You know, Hamlin, those guys have the best medical care, and they are constantly monitoring them for any abnormality, so- I, that guy would have been dead if he was just walking on the street and got hit in the chest, if that's indeed what happened. Well, nobody would have been around, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, but he has the best medical care, and quickly. Well, it's not just the best. He's just got medical care immediately. Yeah. That's the... Well, the, people that know what they're doing, too. So. But most people who, who are in position to, to drive an ambulance or be in the back of sure. an ambulance... No, you're right. ...know what they're doing. I mean the team doctors and the team trainers. Yeah, most doctors know what they're doing. What, what, what are we really... What are you trying to say? That uh, he's very important to the NFL, and it's a big investment, so they always have the best doctors around. I don't know about the best or not. Yeah. I just know that they're medical people that are competent that are right there. And that, that, and that, that All right, they, fine. Every doctor's great. I'm not saying every doctor's great, <laughs> but just you're acting like there's this weird tiered system out there that if you want. I think there is. If you got hit in, in any ER in this entire southeastern Michigan, if you got, took that same sure. and you were right next to an ER, you would live too. Well, sometimes there's just nothing right? they can do. For for folks who remember my friend and, and colleague, Ron Savage, he oh, was yeah. a wow. super fit guy, actually a former semi-pro football player. He had a heart attack while he was at the fire department at Milford because he was a, a part-time firefighter. He fell right next to his colleagues, and he had the widowmaker. There's nothing they could do. So whether you're the best doctor or whether you were Dr. Death, Sometimes when your number gets called, there's no recourse. Well, but when you say the widowmaker, you're talking about you're talking about the artery that feeds blood yes, to the heart, the and the only way, way to do anything about that is to unclog it. And that takes uh, the fire fire departments, at least in uh, I don't know that they all do now, but there's a drug that will do that. But you got to be in an ER to get there, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. But I mean, and, yeah, and, but, and that's only a fairly recent. I mean, that's what 20, 25 years that drug's been around. To, yeah, there's been, in fact, I, I played hockey with a, a doctor who says he was one of the leading advocates of administering it because you have to give it within two or three hours of the stroke because otherwise the damage is done. And and you also run the, the risk of it's almost like like flushing your pipes that if it's too big of a force, then you blow everything apart. So it's, you know, there's, there's a decision that has to be made under a very... Uh, uh, you know, duress because you have to make the decision quickly. You have to, what yeah, are you going to do? What are the consequences? If your heart doesn't get blood at all, then yeah. Yeah. Turn out I, the lights. I, but I, unless you can unclog quickly within a, what, a fairly quickly, quick time, a quick amount of time, but unclog it. Last night, I had not had my phone blow up the way it blew up after that happened. Just people wanting to talk about it and, you know, see, like the, that was the big live event. And we're inundated with so many bad images you know from war just on the news not not to mention on the internet just we see a lot of death and a lot of bad things but to see it live in a football game i didn't a see guy it, who's but... super healthy 
and running around and then that happens, it's just, I think that's just a shock to a lot of people. It is. Yeah. No, it, well. It, sure it is. The, the thing with Yuri Fisher, who never played professional hockey again, he became an executive and I believe is still an executive with the Red Wings. He, um, years later, uh, Fox 2 sent me to a Red Wings fantasy camp and he came out and skated with us. And he poured the goals in on all these ankle benders. And one of the guys on the bench was like, I don't think he knows that we're not professionals. So yeah. he, you know, he, he recovered and is living a full life. I'm sure he's, he'd probably be thinking about retirement around now if, he, if, he, if this hadn't happened or a couple of years ago. But, um, but, you know, his story ended probably as well as you could expect. And we hope the same thing happens. Yeah. For uh, for this guy from the Bills, by the way, uh, Gary who's watching on Facebook says uh, the Widowmaker is not the same as a heart that has stopped. Uh, I'm not a cardiologist; uh, I, I'm, I'm more of a neurosurgeon, so I'm going <laughs> to defer to others Twitter, on that. The Widowmaker is what feeds the blood the main to, the, one, yeah. to the heart, uh-huh. to the heart itself, right? So, and we did have a friend this year, Susie Sanford, who was getting ready to take a trip overseas, and yeah. she had some sort of block. She like, didn't feel well and went to the doctor, and they immediately said, "You got the," and they. She's doing well, but all of which is to say, this was not really our purpose in bringing this up, but, but if your body is sending you signs, don't be the tough guy. Men in particular are real bad about saying, you know, uh, you know, it's just indigestion. You know, you, you need to, you need to listen to your body and you need to go get help. And, uh, I was working at the, at the free press one day all by myself in city hall. And I had this pain in my, my, uh, my forearm and I thought that's ah, just like a carpal tunnel thing and you know and I'm just really my fingers are stiff and I think it was a holiday or something and I noticed I had like this bright line going up my my uh my forearm and I didn't think too much of it and I came home and uh you know I was in my early 30s I didn't have much experience going to doctors and stuff and uh and Teresa said you know you need to look at that i think you have an infection and i said no i think it's not that big a deal you know she just made some potato leek soup i remember it was delicious and i said i'm really hungry i'm going to have this soup and she said no no you're going to the er and i said no no i'm going to eat this so we compromised and i called my doctor and he said you can have that soup but it may be your last meal <laughs> and so i said oh, wow. okay I went to the ER. They immediately started pumping me full of these uh, antibiotics that your arm burns. You know, they're like so heavy duty. And I was in the hospital for two or three days just because I had a spider bite or something that I itched and it got infected and it was going all the way up my arm and it was going to go into my chest. If I had been a single dude, I'd be dead. I never would have made it because I just said, ah, whatever, I would have gone to bed and boop, that would have been it. You know, I mean, so... Take it from some idiot who somehow beat the devil here with the help of his wife. But a handsome idiot. It's, it's, these things are subjective. I mean, well. And being narcissist, I probably agree with you, but I'm also I afraid think to say because I'm insecure. certain forms like and lines. Like most very good-looking people. No, there's certain, exactly. There's certain forms and lines we can all agree on that are sort of objective when, we, when it comes to beauty. And you Skip have it. Skip Bayless. Oh. You have it, yeah. Oh, I love how you made the DeMar Hamlin thing about yourself, though. That was great. It's just a hat. No, I was just trying to save lives, just like those people who got out there. <laughs> just trying to save lives. When is he? When is it? When is he not? He gets an all-night party in room 7609. Time. 
Well, this is awkward. Uh, in a show in which I've repeatedly been called a narcissist and somehow <laughs> made the death of a, or the near death of a football player and the near death of a hockey player somehow about me. Um, this week's selection in Room 7609 is a band that I saw the other day. <laughs> but this isn't really all about me. It's just, I swear, it's a series of unfortunate coincidences. But this is the Detroit Legends, Electric yeah. Six, playing Danger. Danger. High voltage.
doesn't sound very new wavy. I'm just saying. Well, they're, they're kind of a melange. There's uh, <laughs> there's sort of a dance band. There's sort of a disco band. There's sort of a rock band. Um, a little new wave in there, but but the re- and they really aren't from. Uh, they're just a great band. Period. Yeah, they're, but yeah, they're not really from the new wave era, but but I, I wanted to play them because they are a Detroit band. They really got their start playing because you saw them, so you can talk about <laughs> yourself at the concert. As as I pointed out before, I, I don't really think I'm that important. It just turns out I am. You said you were it's a just, neurosurgeon. Just, what do you mean you're not that important? I work on brains. What I love, That's listener, can I, can, I just, can I just say this to the listeners, please? What I really love is that when it comes to the Room 7609, you show a lot of gray. You show a lot of curiosity. You show a lot of uh, nuance. And then when it comes to everything else, you don't. So, uh, what, so what... <laughs> That's a great point. What gives? What gives? Because music is just to be enjoyed. It, it doesn't decide the fate of people. It, Does if, it, if, if, there's a, if there's a guy in a band... Who a football is, game doesn't decide the fate of people. So either. does it? Oh. Does, does it speak to a different? Does music somehow fire different synapses in your brain? Does it speak to a different part of your brain that opens up this other interesting, messy world? So, if there's a leader of a band who is a vile human being, I really don't want to consume their product. It bothers me. You can't separate the art from the artist. That's interesting. Have we ever talked about that? Uh, on this podcast? Too much. Yeah, but. If you're a vile human being and you're misusing tax dollars or you're abusing people, I don't have to decide whether or not I like your product. There's no dilemma there for me. You're just a piece of shit that needs to be flushed. It's 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 a lot simpler. So Mike, not, not always. I mean, I just asked the people in Warren about their mayor. What band is he in? Well, I'm just saying he does a lot of good things for the people in Warren, and they like him and keep electing him. But he does a lot of really bad things and says a lot of bad things. Yeah, it, Mayor Fouts does some very questionable things, and uh, and with money, not only just with uh, with the tapes and what he said. Oh yeah, but the people of Warren love him because of things he's gotten done for the city. Right. So that's that's a little trickier one. But there are other people out there who, quite simply, are doing horrible things and sure. are betraying. You know where they're they're charged criminally. That's not yeah, such Qu- a great Kwame issue. Or, or or name the council person. You know or. Yeah, Sean's looking for the bell, um, or the uh, or you know Lee Chatfield, the Speaker of the House, whether he's yeah. whether he's guilty of any of the uh, the the uh, potential criminal charges that are out there. I mean, the guy <laughs> had an affair know. with his little brother's wait, which guy? Wife, Lee Chatfield, Chatfield oh. former Speaker of the Michigan House. I mean, th- there's not much gray area for me in that one. You mean you if know. you have sex with your brother's wife? Yeah, I think yeah, there's no gray area. That's there. pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. I mean, am I am I am I being wrong here when when the guy who's looked up to you your whole life, his wife also looks up to you because you're having sex with her? I mean, that's wrong. Well, there's no gray area for Sean. He thinks it's totally cool. Based on last week. <laughs> no, I don't. See, Sean is. I don't, I don't think that's totally cool at all. <laughs> what if it's consensual and they were in? Uh, yeah. Well, I assume, you sort of assume it's always consensual, right? I mean, not always, but you assume yeah. you assume like that. Something like that's consensual. I don't yeah, he, think that's the point. Here's Sean saying, "If it's not, then it's criminal." Here's Sean, who's murdered his wife, saying it's okay to cheat. So, I mean, I'm I'm kind of well, getting mixed signals here. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I still yeah. don't understand how you're serving a life sentence, but you're also sitting there I don't, with this. I don't There's think, all kinds of. I don't know. think you want to uh, sleep with your your sibling's uh, partner. You know, you, you just don't think that. There's no certainty. I mean, that's kind. No, of, I don't think that's a, a good idea. Yeah, you're yeah. definite though. I mean, it's, yeah, for sure. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Yeah, for sure. We are slowly, slowly uh, forming some boundaries here for Mr. Windsor. So, uh, so this is a, it's a process. It's a process, but we're going to get through it. But uh, Electric Six played at the Magic Bag on New Year's Eve, played a great show. And uh, it was amazing that they were in town because the rest of their tour dates are in Europe and Australia. I mean, they're a local band that's way bigger anywhere else in the world than they are here. But they, um, you know, we thought we'd, we'd change things up a little bit. We thought we'd play a song that might satisfy Sean. I don't know. if we... No, I like that song. And then, now you've gotten me thinking about movies where part of the plot line is the this, this spouse is a sibling and they're married to the wrong sibling and then they end up with the other sibling. And yeah, so who knows? Maybe there are circumstances out there that uh, uh. works out. No, you got me to thinking about that, you know, because it's usually in movies though, right? Yeah. Uh, if anybody's seen Sean's sex movie, it's a million shades of gray. <laughs> and there's no nudity. It's all hugs. No, yeah, no. I, yeah. So what you're saying is you stay in miserable relationships no matter what all your life. That's what you're saying? <laughs> It's not what happened with Lee Chatfield. Oh, I'm not. T- I, 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 I didn't, so off the top. I didn't know we were talking about Lee Chatfield. Sorry. Well, I, I, I thought we were talking well, about Kwame. He just went back to the Electric Six. I thought we were talking about Kwame I, Kilpatrick. I, electric Six. That was great. I'm glad you went. I'm, I, I wonder how Chisa feels knowing that Sean went. thinks we're in a miserable relationship. No, I'm right? not saying you are. I'll let her. I'll let her address that herself. I'm not saying you, you are. I'm saying you. No, that's not what I mean. Well, I'm just no, saying you want if, other people to. You're so, not. You're so in a happy now we're re- back to our advice. You're stuff, but. you're you're in a happy relationship, so it's easier for you to you know pass out judgment on other people's relationships. Maybe he's talking about this relationship between no, you two. I I would just say that if you're it's, in a relationship, it's sexual. I mean, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone One way. and you've made a commitment to them, and it's not working out, and you're that unhappy, maybe you should disentangle yourself from the relationship. No, you're right. That's you're instead true. of banging the hell out. And and the the That's the. True. The piece of advice that we're talking about, which we discussed in our last issue, uh, our last episode, was not so much that the guy, the relationship was, you know, because I think we've all had that, I didn't know my relationship was was so bad until I met somebody who reignited this whatever, you know, mainly it happened to young men when they're dating and whatnot, but, yeah. but this was a guy who was on a trip, cheated on his wife with somebody else's spouse, and then comes back and is saying like, Oh, it's a big deal, you know. It's like you know. Yeah, no, that you know, was not that's, cool. That's no, no, not no. somebody saying I'm trapped in a loveless relationship. No, that wasn't no completely. That was not cool at all. Like, what, like, what's the big deal? Yeah, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't have been doing that. Where I have always Sean is a disingenuous mountebank. No, no, no. Where I've always come from is that, you know, and maybe it's just because I grew up and my parents uh, went through a little bit of that, and one wanted to work it out, and the other one didn't, and then always regretted it, and so. I just I come from a place where I would like people to work through it if they can if they can if they want to I'm not saying that should be the absolute obviously but but there are plenty of people that do work through, through stuff like that and stay together and I'm not saying it has to be for the kids either but so that's kind of a little bit where I'm coming from as a young youngster kind of yeah, no, no, having having one parent on the other side of the world and seeing them once a year and missing the shit out of them and that's what new wave music is all about it's about exploring <laughs> human relationships but but so just. Well, since we're so far off the rails that the coal cart is tipped upside down, the caboose is on top of the dining car. Let me just let me just shove us a little further off the rails. I'm not saying that when you do that that you should suffer the death sentence. I'm just saying that that if you're in a situation that isn't working out, that's the wrong way to handle it. And if absolutely, you, and if you think that no question, if you think that that this is this is a line that you shouldn't cross perhaps it will help people not cross it 
And if you do cross it, then folks should do what they feel is best for them next. I'm just saying that some of us feel that if you cheat on us, you can go to hell. And so if you say, I'm sorry I cheated, let's go get some counseling. It's like, I kind of told you that wasn't going to happen, so don't do that. Let's not test your theory. And you need to know your your partner, I guess, in that way, right? Because you're right. There are plenty of people that if you cross that line, that's it. And then there are plenty of people that that work through it. So Yeah, no, that's fine. To each their own. I'm just saying, when we offer advice, it's our own personal advice. And mine is, uh, you better sleep with one eye open. What are we talking about? (laughs) Was that Morrissey again? That's Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> okay. That was Herbie. Uh, more wisdom anyway. from Columbus. Yeah, so yeah, the Electric Six, great band. <laughs> and I think that's all that needs to be said about that. Yes, absolutely. They're fantastic. So we um, we ended last year, uh, just to let you know a little bit of behind the scenes about how this show goes, we, you know, we make money from our sponsorships, which is why we're very grateful to uh, David Hall and Luke Nowacki, and we encourage you to patronize their fine businesses. But when we get donations and sometimes when we sell merchandise and there's a few things here and there that that put a little money in the till, we spread that amongst ourselves at the holidays. And that is only possible because people like Dennis and Bryant and William and Nancy all generously donate to the show as they did in December. And we are grateful for those donations, which made our holidays that much brighter. If you would like to help us start 2023 on a strong note, Mark, is there? Do you have any suggestions? Is there a resolution hmm. we can offer people? Hmm. To donate? Hmm. That sounds pretty good to me, Sean. MLSolaDetroit.com. Yeah, I, I think that's nice. Or donate to people that actually need it too. <laughs> okay, no more going to Sean. It's, uh, it's, uh, Joe needs this money. Joe Zuber is desperate <laughs> okay. for for some influx of cash. So you just go to our website and there's a little button there. You click it and you can get <laughs> That was for you, Mark. It was so deflating. <laughs> that was for you, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks. So, so anyway. anyway, so there's, there's that, but we do appreciate it. And, uh, just and keeping it real. One of our goals this year is to reopen our, our merchandise store. But you know, I will tell you, I was, that's not my fault. I was going through the garage <laughs> and we have lots of hoodies and hockey jerseys and t-shirts and long sleeve t-shirts and beanies and all kinds of stuff. If you're interested in what merch we have, send us a note at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. You can also give us feedback on the show at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. That is a great place to let us know what you're thinking. And if you need something, maybe we can help you out. Um, We also would like you to consider making a resolution to give us a call at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070, because we'd love to hear your voice on the show as well. And here's some feedback from Jessica, who says, uh, I really enjoy your column. This is not a cheating message. This is about my work in the free press. The recent one seemed to miss a few big ones, though, and she's referring to my column about 2022's, uh, I'll just say, in the spirit of Sean, um, politicians and public officials who showed their humanity. Maybe you, in an extreme way. You didn't have time to write a column, so you put a greatest hits together list. No, <laughs> I will list. tell you, I spent... Man, you're coming out swinging this year. I spent days... Wait, is it a new year? I reviewed every newspaper that was published in 2022, so I didn't miss some people. And when, and when I went through it, it turns out I missed a ton of nitwits, and we had so many, I had to leave a ton of them out. But uh, but Jessica thinks I left some out who should have been in there. Uh, Palm Beach oligarch Dan Gilbert's privately owned Q-Line 
nonprofit bilking us for $85 million cash. That's the subsidy to make sure that people can ride the queue line for free for the next 17 years. You may be hearing more about that in 2023. Um, she also uh, is not impressed with some of the deals that, uh, that Bedrock has been getting. And, of course, I did write about how city council members who received generous donations from a PAC controlled by Mr. Gilbert did support his plan to get a big tax abatement from the city of Detroit. Um, And here's one that, Mark, I'm hoping you can help me out with. Jessica says that I should have mentioned someone that Charlie, uh, Charlie LaDuff mentioned on the No BS NewsHour, Tracy Kornack, who she says is a high-profile Michigan Democratic Party head honcho who committed insurance fraud. Now, I know a little bit about state politics, I don't know everybody in the game, but I've never heard of Tracy Kornack. Do you do you know what she's talking about? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I feel like I. She was the treasurer for the Michigan Democratic Party, and, okay. and she has been accused of. Um, uh, let, let me just say odd billing practices and power of attorney regarding a long term a long care facility. It's it's a very complex story, but. Uh, <laughs> She does not look good. I don't think she's been charged with anything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just Google her name and you can read all about it. Where's okay. the music? I will. It ran out. I will, I will check up on that. And, uh, and Jessica's also concerned about a couple of stories that also concern Frank, who says, do you plan to write an autopsy of the Tucker contract and how the public was duped when it was offered in October 2021 to now the full scope being revealed that Ishbia and St. Andre are only paying for 19 million, maybe 24 million of the $95.5 million deal. I went back and read the Red Cedar message board posts and people involved feel that it's being, they're being duped. Um, Now, this is a story that broke over the holidays. We did not discuss it in one of our recent uh, episodes but I got into uh, quite a spirited discussion online with a lot of Spartans who are just hating my guts because they feel that, uh, that there's no big deal here. And, and just to give you a little bit of the backstory, the Detroit Free Press sued the University of Michigan State. I was trying to say the University of Michigan, but I'll just say Michigan State University um, for uh, under the Freedom of Information Act because they wanted to get a copy of the contract that Mel Tucker set, signed, I guess the extension, the expansion, if you will, that made him one of the highest paid coaches in college football. The free press prevailed and those records were released in December. And what they revealed was that Matt Ishbia, a former walk-on basketball player who is the uh, the big guy at United Wholesale Mortgage. It's also buying the uh, Phoenix Suns. Buying the Phoenix Suns, right? And and uh, and this guy Saint Andre, who's a big uh, tech guy, only I shouldn't say only had committed a certain amount of money over a certain amount of years to help pay Mel Tucker's contract. Now, under the law, they can't explicitly direct that the money go towards Tucker, but it was pretty clear that they said. We want this to go to the coach, and the university is going to apply it to the coach. I have been arguing for months on this show that while I think these salaries are outrageous and I am dead set against them, the one thing about the Tucker contract that made me feel a little better is that it wasn't going to cost taxpayers anything. And in fact, we're on the hook for $70 million. Now, were you guys also under the impression that 
these guys were going to pay all of Tucker's contract. No. They were just throwing money in the pot. I was. That, that was how it was sold to us. I didn't necessarily assume that. So David Harnes, who does Spartans Illustrated, went back and looked at the press releases uh, when Tucker's extension was announced. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. Where there was find? no mention of uh, who was going to pay the money. There was actually no mention that this money was going to be provided by boosters. And it just said, we've extended the contract. These are the terms. So the university just laid out the, the broad strokes. I, however, contend that they left the impression with the public that don't worry about how much we're paying and because it ain't coming from us. And how many years, right? It was 10, 10 years, ten. At nine and a half. So seven. So it still seems like an odd contract, even if it was just the 7 million for 10 years. So seven. So well, he was already getting five and a half or something. Yeah. So it's yeah. a $2 million raise out of there, out of the over, over 10 here, years, over 10 years. And here's the other thing too. And yeah, this doesn't bother me as much as I, what I didn't like is that they didn't just release the information. Yeah. That's what irritates me because it's a public institution. But beyond that, it's not out of the general education fund. It's a completely different pot of money. It's out of the athletic department and the football program. It's pretty self-sustaining. Which is self-sustaining. Yeah, so it's not taxpayer money at all. Well, th that's a whole other discussion, though, because you could, you could argue, and I would argue, and I know Mark has a good argument against this, that if the athletic department turns a profit, then they can subsidize the rest of the university in the same way that, you know, governments never make money off public transportation, but we do need to have it. They do. Remember, remember a friend of the show, uh, Kalina? Um, yeah. She got to go row there because the football and basketball pro programs make money. That's how it works. But that's all within the athletic department. You're saying the athletic department is still separate from yeah, it the is. general yeah, fund. Yeah, the, the funds are different, but that's still they're still students. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not arguing that the, that no, the, 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 the revenue program. ML saying that it could go back to the other side. Yeah, I'm saying that you could become. But then you just have basketball and football. Because how would you pay for all those other sports? Well, you could stop maybe, paying coaches $9.5 million. Maybe hockey, I right? I think hockey probably I, loses money. I just money think too. they have too much money when they're paying all these associate athletic directors or redoing facilities that are so no, no, for sure. over the top. But then the facilities monies actually do it's come arms from race. donations, yeah. right? Sure. but so in, in, Which are going to dry up with NIL. Yeah, maybe, that's a, maybe this isn't Mark's argument, maybe. but this would be my friend Raj's argument, which is, when the football team is doing really well, you do raise a ton of money for the mm -hmm. rest of the university because everybody feels good about the alma mater and they write a check for the capital they do. campaign. There's or the no question there's so, a correlation there. So I, I do uh, see that. More people apply. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kids well, apply, which is weird. But. Yeah. So Raj will tell you about the differences in Alabama and Clemson since uh, since Saban and, and Dabo Sweet, got yeah. there. So, so I understand that argument. But, it's the most but, visual part of any university really they're either the basketball team or their football team yeah so i i still feel though that that michigan state committed a sin of omission by leaving the impression out there that these boosters were paying the well, full sale and there's a lot of spartans who are really mad about that because they think that makes me you know like the guys in ann arbor just attacking us for anything but this could have been easily cleared up as sean said by releasing the damn contract yeah, which is what they, they should have done they fight it and as a Spartan, yeah, say, hey, we're giving them a two million dollar raise, and a couple of boosters are going to yeah, put why, in another couple. Why, of why pay lawyers to fight it? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And that's money that probably does come out of the general fund. But you got it, yeah. But, but the thing that drives me crazy about this is something I've written about in the past, which is, and I guess I'm relieved that the contract wasn't uh, this outrageous, horrible giveaway. Now, there's a couple of weird terms in there, but, but this is, you know. Eh, 
Michigan State, on, on matters of open records, they remind me of certain teams on the athletic program where they keep losing because of self-inflicted wounds. This never had to be like this. The, Those of us who were, were perhaps because of our own stupidness, misunderstood who was going to pay this. None of this had to be this way the, because if you just disclose the records, we'd all know what the deal is. The bigger question is, uh, if, if you care about the football program, does Mel Tucker want to be there? Are you hearing that he doesn't? Uh, does he want to be there? Does his family like East Lansing? Does he like to be there? You know what I mean? Uh, that's a statement that came out of left field. Sounds like you've heard stuff. Is he going to the Broncos? No, not necessarily. Oh, okay. I just, you know. Or Carolina. Oh, well, he knows the South. He coached in Georgia. I just well, wonder. So, so this is this is another thing. I, I'm not ten gonna, years, right? I mean, that, that, it's in the context of the ten years. And I'm not going to cry for a guy who's getting nine and a half million dollars a year. But, but the other thing the university did was they put a lot of pressure on Tucker now because this gives people who want to tear down the program a chance to say, "Oh, your guy's not worth nine point five million. Look at this terrible season he had, and and is there a dirty deal here? And what's really going on here?" They exposed Tucker to questions and scrutiny that were absolutely unnecessary by being so stupid about this. And again, Mel Tucker's a big man. He, I think he's ultimately going to be a coach that's worth the going rate, as obscene as it is. But this whole we'll see. stonewalling has been it's just it's unnecessary and it caused so much sturm and drang we don't know if tucker wanted to stonewall too yeah it would have been nice if, and if, if he, he had to say if you're talking about how it hurt him well if he really felt like it was hurting him just he, put it out there he would have yeah. said hey release it yeah. yeah and i have no insights on how he thought but one of the things that harns reported is that it was actually tucker who after the deal was announced who said i want to thank these boosters for supporting the program so he's the one who kind of pointed the finger at Ishby and St. Andre. Now, whether he did that to say, don't hate me because it's somebody else's money, or just because he wanted to show gratitude towards some some generous yeah, benefactors. Or maybe both, yeah. I don't know. I, I tend to think he had other things on his mind at that time when that happened. But, um, but you know, listen, uh, when Michigan's right, I say it. When Michigan State's wrong, I say it. Fortunately, um, I don't have to say Michigan's right very often. Un unfortunately, I just, that, that was just waiting for that. <laughs> unfortunately, over here. I do have to say very often that Michigan state is wrong and it's time for that to change. So Frank, uh, we'll see if he's hope, worth it, by the way, that answers your question. Yeah. That's the bigger question. Well, again, this is going to sound like a shot at Harbaugh. It's not to be meant as a shot at Harbaugh for five years. Harbaugh is one of the highest paid coaches in college football and did not have the results. Now he's worth every penny. In fact, you could argue that Harbaugh is underpaid because if you have people like Nick Saban making what they're making and Dabo making what he's making and Tucker making what he's making and they don't have back-to-back -back Big Ten championships and CFP appearances, then Jim Harbaugh is underpaid. From a financial point, even before the year 2020, he was worth it. You're you're talking about bottom line. I'm talking about results on the field. But yeah, he brought that program back from the Dave Brandon uh, disaster. Yeah. And probably increased donations too. We got ticket yeah. sales. Other than the two and four year, and then he had one other what eight and eight and five, eight and five. Mm -hmm. He's had ten, he's what, ten win seasons. Yeah, yeah he's ten, and now he's taking it to a slightly different. Oh, but ML has high level. expectations for Michigan's football program. That's good. That's what we want. No, they're not. I'm just saying, third place in the Big Ten East is not what anybody expected. That's not what he. Well, promised second place in the Big Ten East can get you in the big the the conference or the 
college championship playoff. So now we didn't. So bad. We talked about that a bit on Saturday, but but you felt at the time we were talking, and I think I said, "Let's I, see how the game ends." That Ohio State did not deserve to be in the Final Four. Do you still feel that way? Well, I'm just I'm surprised there wasn't more conversation as to why you why didn't you why did USC get penalized for playing in a championship game, right? They lost the second time to a team they had already lost to before. Still two losses versus Ohio State's one. But they won their division, or not their division. Oh, that's just because Ohio State was ranked higher all season, right? Sure, sure. But, you know, they they didn't even make it to their championship game. So if USC would have said, you know, we're cool. We don't want to play this championship game because we're sitting at number four of the playoffs. Would they be in? Yeah, so Ohio State was ranked higher and then lost to Michigan. Yeah, uh, which was higher ranked. And then USC was lost to um they were penalized Utah, for Utah. twice yeah they're yeah. penalized for playing an extra game that was that was my whole point i mean ohio state backed into the the championship but, but they had the same number of wins didn't they or did did ohio state have one more win than usc uh they would have had the same number of wins cuz they would have had the same record till usc lost in that that championship game to once again the team they had already lost to in utah um and then USC I mean, went on to lose again. If, if you want to Utah say, went on to lose. By the way, if we're if we're going to do the whole transit of property thing, what we exactly. often still do in college football, uh, Kansas State beat TCU yeah. and then got trucked by Alabama. So well, did Nick Saban? Well, so remember, there you go. Is, remember the year they beat Michigan State badly in Florida, not the playoff game, but the. Um, Oh, it was God. Citrus. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was a regular just, season oh, game. Wasn't no, it, it was a bowl game, but just it was the Citrus or the. I was oh, at the Becker, game. I wish yeah. I could remember. And Alabama probably had the best team that year too. I remember Michigan, Tennessee walloped Michigan one year when they had nothing but pros all over the place because they got. I remember the, that? Yeah. You remember 55, that? Fifty-five, Yeah, and and they were like, oh yeah, Tennessee should have been in the in the back then. It was a BCS game, right? Look, at the time. I, I mean, if you're going by who the best team is, I'm sure people would have thought Alabama should be in the top. Well, if four, it's they, if you know, two years from now, we'll have a twelve team playoff. To their, they didn't make and it to Alabama their, would have been in, sure. and then they would have been, you know, right? So I I just think it should be three teams in Alabama until Nick Saban retires. I'm, well, I'm very Georgia. I'm very comfortable with that. I mean, for years it was it was Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. It just yeah. seemed like that was the foregone conclusion. So it is a good thing that other teams are getting in. But, but I, you know, I, it just I, shows these conference championships can only, you know, not only can they help you, they can really hurt you now. So why bother playing in them? Yeah. Well, any game you play that you lose is going to hurt you. But uh, yeah, but they're playing the extra game is my is my point. If USC would have said, "Yeah, no, nah, we're cool. We don't want to play in a game. We don't. We don't want to play in the championship game. We'd rather play in the college football playoffs because we're ranked four right now." You know, and then that wouldn't the, work because the Big the, Twelve always got screwed because they didn't have a conference exactly. game. Once the twelve playoff uh, format comes in, then too, it's a moot point. The bowl yeah. games are going to be. I mean, they're they're, they're pointless. Yeah, they're they already sort of are right. Oh, they're, yeah. they're dumb. The yeah. Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl was played yesterday. I didn't even know about it. That's the granddaddy of them all. And yeah. it's like, oh yeah, okay. And it sounds like it was a good game. Utah is a great team, and they got beat by Their quarterback State. went out with an injury, and it was it was game sure. over then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happened to USC. Oh yeah, of. I didn't think yeah. injuries mattered. Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but every team goes through. This was a lot of uh, not every oh, team. The teams, the teams that win are usually get the lucky breaks with injuries. That's often how it goes. Anyway, so, sorry for all the sports. Uh, no, no, it was be- a podcast of sports and murder, apparently. Well, I, there's only one murderer here. We all love sports, but not all of us like killing people. Yeah, no. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you do. That's, that's, I, I'll just refer to the public record, sir. Um, 
Sean Windsor, life sentence. But uh, what? What are we talking about? So before we go, I, I think it would be good to share some resolutions that we've made. And we have to. Does well, Sean. You've been you've been teasing them all show. Why, why don't you start? Since you, have I don't. Some- I don't have any resolution. I mean, I have a resolution for me. Um, but I don't have anybody for anybody else. That you was- said you had a resolution for me at the top. Roll the tape. Oh my lord! I didn't say I had a resolution at the top. I said my resolution. I said, well, well I can't believe you want to ask other uh, that you think you have the right to have New Year's resolutions for other people. There's suggestions. I mean, this is not I'm, mandated. You know what I mean. This is a whimsical uh, moment. You're sitting here talking for weeks, months about the arrogance of the maize and blue, and yet, oh, we get a text last night. Let's come up with some resolutions for other people. (laughs) I mean, how's what's? Come on, dude. Well, that could be the resolution. Don't be so so hard on. I don't. It's not for me to say that to you. You're my killing a segment. (laughs) Oh my god, my resolution is. uh, you know, just to just to be um, so. Yesterday on the flight, I'm coming back from Arizona, and I'm sitting next to a, a gal, little 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 older, disobeying and orders, and now chewing she's up in the, clock. She's in the middle seat, and she just takes over everything, takes her shoes and socks off. Cross country flight, and um, and I was like, oh, yeah, cool, just do your thing, and that's uh, that's my. Uh, you know, she had a she had a, a, a sleeve on, like a medical sleeve on her arm. So I, I wondered if there might have been some circulation, or maybe a wound, or or, or that she's Ugh. trying to heal, or whatever. I couldn't see that, but you know, she wants to spread out and take whatever. I, you know, in the in the past, you might have been a little more uh, like, "What are you doing?" But no, no, it's a new year, and uh, you're just like, "Hey, let's 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 let her have her thing, and no. she can drink her wine, and I'll just zero in on my no, little space she's terrible. here. It's we'll, a terrible person. We'll be okay. So that's my very self involved person. She was, but I but I don't want to, you know, just give her the space to do that. This is my resolution. So let, let me. Be, so, I'm going to be more libertarian, like Mark. That's my resolution. So Sean's in Guantanamo. He's like, ah, oh, you want to put this guy's head in a bucket of water? Go ahead. <laughs> maybe he wants to breathe water. Maybe he wants to breathe air. I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and uh, I'm just going to sit here and read my. Uh, <laughs> My, That's my, interesting that you equate uh, you equate somebody trying to you know get comfortable a little bit to torture. But it depends you. what their feet smelled like. As you said yourself, <laughs> it's a cross country flight. Oh my god! I got in an Uber last night, and uh, the smell was <laughs> was brutal. So now you're saying I shouldn't be concerned about the smell on a cross country flight. You're in a car for three minutes, and you're you're getting. Uh, it was asphyxiated. about thirty five minutes, but uh, it was it was. You tough. roll the window down. It was tough, but uh, this driver was moonlighting an Uber. works in a works in the Jeep factory in Toledo and I got the life story. It was great. You know, the pressure of every two minutes a car comes along and getting the wires just right before they put the, the motor in or they would scrap and it was really interesting. So the yeah. car smelled. It yeah. did. It was awful, really but that was... causes him to But if you start listening to somebody's story, you can move your brain and, and maybe... Did you roll the window down? Smell it a little bit. A little bit. You can... <laughs> That's pretty big. You hint. can distract your senses if you try to engage and see another human Jeez. being. That's all I'm saying. Maybe you should have just said pass when we said resolutions. Pass. Yeah. So anyway, I don't have anybody for anybody else. That's your department. Mark, are you going to wade into this quagmire or shall I? I'll play the game if you want me to play the shall game. I thrash around. Oh, it's a game in, now, huh? It was uh, it's kind of a bit, but yeah. You're wearing a lion shirt. I love that. What? <laughs> Stop undressing me with your eyes. <laughs> but if you'd like to take that shirt off and drape it across a <laughs> chair, he won't object either. Exactly. Or take oh. my shoes Even off. Even if you have BO and a medical <laughs> condition. human body. It's all right. That's what I want. I want less nuance. That's my resolution for you. Less nuance out of you. No. <laughs> Absolutely that, that not. Didn't last. Okay, well, that's resolved. <laughs> Absolutely not. And besides, when I give you a little less nuance, you're like, oh, so there you go. 
I do. All right. Now, yeah, there's me going. <sighs> it could be. I thought you had a resolution for yourself. Myself? Too. No, it's the same one. I said not be as fat. You're not fat. Oh, yeah, I am. You're I need to be more active. Because when I see things like uh, a guy collapse on a football field, it's like, wow, that could happen You're to me fat. any second. You're not fat. You're supple and, you know. Supple? <laughs> curvy. Curve. Well, stop it. I don't want to hear. No, you're, you're making it worse. You're, you're curvy. Making, <laughs> yeah, making a lot. Rubenesque. How about that? God, it gets worse with every description. What was uh, Seinfeld where uh, <laughs> Elaine was describing Jordan? She says, he's all, he's cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think. I you're, think you're, you're snuggly. I think you're P-H-A-T, Mark. Oh, to use a 90s term. I love it. Thank you. Well, at least it's not the 80s. I, try, I, I think it's a compliment in any era. Don't you? And do you have a, a suggested resolution for me? Oh, for you? Um, brevity? <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing that popped in my head. Okay. Or a clock, maybe? Okay. See, I'm already following it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was... True. was better than Sean did. So my resolution is to try to not get so worked up about what other people are doing. <laughs> I don't believe it. I'm off to a rough start. <laughs> I was going to say, today's terrible. I, I was hoping to make it to day four I don't believe before it. I broke it. But well, Thank you. But for Sean, I, I would I would say uh, if you could be less judgmental. Okay. That would be a good one. Okay. And, and Mark, I, I would invite you to come to East Lansing with me. That would no, no, resolve to join us. In. That's a resolution <laughs> for him? To resolve, to, to find the resolve to, to visit oh, East fine. Lansing okay. and be my guest at the Michigan-Michigan State football game. I saw you going to be judging every word I say because you might take it the wrong so, way as being arrogant. So he's going to judge, but he wants me to judge less? <laughs> Mine was more ironic for you because yeah. I, yeah. I, I know, I know, but I was trying to be sincere. Which I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, so here's where the brevity kicks in. We got to get out of here. Um, what's coming up? I, I listened to uh, the, a couple of back issues of the uh, Sean and Carlos podcast, which featured some some guest hosts. Pros. When Sean was out some of town pros. And when Carlos was out of town, and it left me feeling like there's a gap in the podcast uh, uh, spectrum. Or maybe a new format for maybe the Mark and Rieger podcast. Yeah, I actually suggested that on the last Carlos and Sean show. But strictly just to, su- to replace the Ca- Sean and Carlos. <laughs> I did. Just uh, a, no, for sure. I did. Yeah. Well, that's an easy one to do. It's fun. Yeah, you and you and Jeff would, you should replace us. It'd be great. Uh, they would. They I would have, have plenty of time. They would have more spirited debates about Harbaugh than we have on this show. Because I, I, I wondered about Rieger, who's been calling out Harbaugh for years, prematurely to my mind, how he would react when Michigan beat TCU and then was crowned national champs. And I think to his delight, even though he's a big Wolverine fan, that didn't happen because he would have been eating so much crow that he would have exploded. Well, like that's, Mr. The del- that's the delicious kind of crow, though. No? Yeah. Tasty. No, I was glad I was wrong about uh, sous vide crow when I thought Verlander was done. I'm glad I was wrong. No, no, no not you. I mean Rieger. No, I know. I'm just saying in general. Oh, okay. So it's you're a crow. Fan it's a crow that's it. been smoked for about 12 hours with a little kiss of uh, hickory. Hey, I wanted Harbaugh blown out after the COVID year too. I'm glad I was wrong about that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm not wrong about y'all. Glad I'm wrong a Both lot. Awesome. Smart, wise, handsome individuals, and my resolution is to acknowledge that. that. Well, Cystic, <laughs> judgmental, acknowledge harsh. That. What was that ten minutes ago? Yeah. Intolerant. Yeah, it's, acknowledge it's, that it's, every week, and to try to be more of a libertarian like uh, Mark, and more of a decision decisive uh, maker. Very bad. Like you. 
This is this is like one of those long exchanges that ends with not. It doesn't undo it. You've you've, you've shown your hands. Been sir. telling you all you're handsome for years. I know. So it's not ridiculous. <sighs> Did we leave anything out? I think no, we, 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 we got to plug the other shows. That's what we got to do. Well, I think you you plugged Charlie's show earlier. It didn't sound like an endorsement exactly. Oh, the all BS news hour. There, well, yeah, there's no. the no BS <laughs> news hour, and of course, Drew and Mark. Drew and Mike podcast is scheduled to return any day. Is it today? today. As soon as we get the hell out of here? Mm-hmm, pretty much. Drew. Well, I, I did miss having you guys uh, in my ear on a regular basis, so we welcome the return of the Drew and Mike podcast, and we hope that a mention on this show will help boost those guys because, you know, they're trying really hard. Yeah, they, they are. They could they are. use they could uh, It'll use be some, nice to have Drew back. An influencer on their side. Yeah. So... Well, we thank you for sticking with us last year. This is, I think we're entering our fourth or our fifth year. This is episode 187. And uh, we hope that each one will get better. And uh, and Sean hopes that you'll donate generously to as many fake GoFundMe accounts as possible. Mark and I would be happy to take some money at the only mm. real beneficent, uh, beneficent, fun, ben, beneficent, beneficent. What? We'll have that figured out by next week on Soul Detroit. Until then... I was going to say, Carlos, take us out. It's been a while. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Be sure and be with us again next week when... I'm Al Alric. Somewhere in the cold, persistent rain that made the city itself seem a thing of evil... John Windsor... ...disappeared. And it was my job to find her. But before I did, I found... Mark Fellhauer. And a devil.